This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appoint you a prophet to the nations. That is Jeremiah 1.5. Guys, this is not going to be a normal episode because I'm recording this literally at night if you're watching me on YouTube or on Rumble. I mean, like, I was winding things down for the night. I was working on the podcast for Thursday, and then some huge news came across Twitter. That's one of the good things about having Twitter. Don't worry, we'll talk way more about that on Thursday. So I'm pushing some episodes that I had. I got an interview that's coming out tomorrow that's still going to come out. We're just going to change the order of it because I wanted to get this out there to you guys as quickly as possible. There was an exclusive article that was released by Politico. It was put out there on their website and then immediately on Twitter. And the name of the article is this. I can't even believe I'm reading this. Supreme Court has voted to overturn abortion rights, draft opinion shows. So here's the thing. This is literally the the fastest I've ever done a podcast. Like I think I spent like four and a half minutes preparing this episode. I'm going to read a huge chunk, like the first third of this article from Politico, give you some random thoughts and then kind of move on from there. And like, guys, I'm like literally shaking with excitement because like I just a huge part of me never really thought this day would come and it could literally be nothing. And we'll get more into that here in a second, but let me just read to you from this Politico article. It will be in the show notes, but it's politico.com. And the name of the article is Supreme court has voted to overturn abortion rights draft opinion shows. Okay. So here we go. The Supreme Court has voted, and by the way, this is by Josh Gerstein and Alexander Ward, and it was posted today at 8.32 p.m., and I'm recording this at 8.51 p.m. Central Time. So here we go. The Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito circulated inside the court and obtained by Politico. The draft opinion is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained the right. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, Alito writes. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled, he uh, writes in the document labeled as the opinion of the court. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Deliberations on controversial cases have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions circulate and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and vote trading sometimes until just days before the decision is unveiled. The court's holding will not be final until it is published, likely in the next two months. The immediate impact of the ruling as drafted in February would be an end to a half-century guarantee of federal constitutional protection of abortion rights and allow each state to decide whether or restrict whether to restrict or ban abortion. It's unclear if there have been subsequent changes to the draft. No draft decision in the modern history of the court has been disclosed publicly while a case was still pending. The unprecedented revelation is bound to intensify the debate over what was already the most controversial case on the docket this term. The draft opinion offers an extraordinary window into the justices' deliberation in one of the most consequential cases before the court in the last five decades. Some court watchers predicted that the conservative majority would slice away an abortion rights uh, at abortion rights without flatly overturning a 49-year-old precedent. The draft shows that the court is looking to reject Roe's logic and legal protections. A person familiar with the court's deliberation said that four of the other Republican-appointed justices, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, have voted with Alito in the conference held among the justices after hearing oral arguments in December, and that lineup remains unchanged as of this week. The three Democratic-appointed justices, Stephen Breyer, Sa- Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan, are working on one or more dissents, according to this person. 
How Chief Justice John Roberts will ultimately vote and whether he will join the already written opinion or draft his own is unclear. The document labeled as a first draft of the majority opinion includes a notation that it was circulated among the justices on February the 10th. If the Alito draft is adopted, it would rule in favor of the Mississippi of Mississippi in the closely watched case over the state's attempt to ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. A Supreme Court spokesperson declined to comment or make another representative of the court available to answer questions about the draft document. Politico received a copy of the draft opinion from a person familiar with the court's proceedings in the Mississippi case, along with other details supporting the authenticity of the document. The draft opinion runs 98 pages, including a 31-page appendix of historical state abortion laws. The document is replete with citations to previous court decisions, books, and other authorities, and included 118 footnotes. The appearances and timing of this draft are consistent with court practice. The disclosure of Alito's draft majority opinion, a rare breach of Supreme Court secrecy and tradition among its deliberations, comes as all sides in the abortion debate are girding for the rules. For the ruling, speculation about the looming decision has been intense since December oral arguments indicated a majority was inclined to support the Mississippi law. Under longstanding court procedures, justices hold primarily votes on cases shortly after arguments and assign a member of the majority to write a draft of the court's opinion. The draft is often amended in consultation with other justices, and in some cases, the justices change their votes altogether, creating the possibility that the current alignment on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization could change. The chief justice typically assigns majority opinions when he is in the majority. When he is not, the decision is typically made by the most senior justice in the majority. Now, there's a bunch of other stuff that kind of goes into the background as to kind of what's being discussed on the political law or on this law and on this this thing with Politico. Sorry if I'm talking all over the place. It's just going to be crazy, this one. But I just want to get into some, kind of some some random thoughts here, uh, and then we'll kind of let you guys go. I don't know how long this is going to run, but we're just going to let it roll. Um, nothing is final. That's kind of the first thought. Nothing is final, obviously, because as I've been saying since last year and as everyone's been saying, we were going to get a ruling on this as of probably June is when they were going to give their rulings and they were going to go into recess and do all those different things. So nothing is final. But this is an incredible indication of where the court sits. Because as I've said before, I thought Justice Clarence Thomas and maybe Alito would be uh, the the two that would really get after it on this, uh, and definitely Clarence Thomas. I was unsure about any Coney Barrett after some of the things she's done, and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch the same, and I always thought Roberts would vote with the other three liberal justices. But if this holds, I mean, it looks like that Roberts part of the decision doesn't really matter like at all. And I'm literally about to like type myself a note so I can like not forget to talk about something else as it's just kind of coming into my mind. I'm just kind of flowing here. Um, the next random thought is that this was always the best decision. Like clearly, like it, the thing that you see with Roe v. Wade, that's an easy proof is even people that are pro-abortion. Okay. So dyed in the wool, pro-abortion people, woman's right to choose people, Democrats, leftists, whatever, even people that understand the jurisprudence and understand everything that went into to what they were deciding with that case back in 1973, these individuals know that that decision was junk. It was absolute junk. The framers of the constitution could not possibly have had abortion in their mind when they were thinking through some of the amendments that they gave. It was just, there was so much junk there. You know, the trimester thing was literally made up whole cloth. There's no such thing. There was a bunch of lying about the the fact that these women were going to be having back alley abortions and it was going to hurt them and blah, 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 and all these different things. There were so many lies and there was so much nefarious stuff going on during that time that it was just impossible uh, that a decision like that could get out. And yet the decision was made and we've killed almost a million babies a year on average since that all went down. So Obviously, from a legal standpoint, it is junk. But if this goes through like this, it goes right back to the states. As we've talked about before, and as a lot of people that are the smart people on the pro-life side of things, is that just means it's going to go back to the states, and the states can choose what they want to do for their abortion rights. 
right? And so that's when you get into states like Oklahoma trying to ban, you know, abortion outright, you know, for any reason other than the, the you know, life of the mother or, you know, rape or incest or something like that, even though that still doesn't mean that that baby's life isn't worthwhile. There's, it's an imperfect law, but that just means it goes back to the states, but it was always the best decision. Now, uh, some other random thoughts. We should be very, very, very concerned about a leaked SCOTUS decision. Like, I know this shouldn't be shocking because, you know, I haven't paid attention to the court for forever, but people are literally like, this is astonishing. People are like, this is way worse than January 6th, right? The fact that we would leak this document while they're technically still making their decisions is ridiculous. And now, now, and here's the other thing. I can just about guarantee you that this came from a clerk for one of the three liberal, liberal justices, either Sotomayor, Sotomayor, Kagan, or gosh, I'm like literally uh, spacing out on the third one. Um, I, it came from one of them, like the, or Breyer. That's the other one. It had to have come from one of them. I put my money on Sotomayor for whatever reason. But if one of their clerks by, by their direction said, Hey, leak this to the press so that we can put pressure on these people to change their votes. That's astonishing. That is astonishing because this is the Supreme court. This is, there's no higher court in this country. And they decide all of the most extreme cases that go before them. Now, this is the most high profile, but tons and tons of cases. So the fact that this could be leaked is just astonishing. It is absolutely astonishing. But make no mistake, this is meant to put pressure on them, to put pressure on their families. And the, the thing is, is the left will not stop. They will stop at nothing to make sure that Roe v. Wade is not overturned. This is their golden goose. This is their main thing. Like th this is uh, their, their sacrificial lamb. And I, and I use that as pejoratively as possible. They want to make sure women can continue to kill babies. So I, I want all of us to pray for the justices that they actually go through with this. So, so pray for them by name. So Thomas, Gorsuch, uh, Alito, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, like that, that gives you your five. And then Roberts, maybe who, who freaking cares about Roberts at that point, but pray for these people because they're going to be targeted directly. Their, their families will be targeted directly. There, there's going to be so much craziness that, that like, this is going to be like George Floyd summer all over again. We are going to see people in the streets, like all over the globe. I guarantee you this is going to happen. Literally, I'm, I'm recording this 20 minutes after I found this out, 30 minutes after I found this out. This is going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth that we have not seen since the George Floyd's riots of 2020. Right. Think about all the buildings burned, the dozens of people that were killed. You know, apparently COVID disappeared for that uh, little bit of time so that you can go out and, you know, burn a cop car and beat people up that had nothing to do with, with that case at all. We're going to see that again here. The left will stop at nothing. They will literally try to burn this country to the ground to, as a threat to those justices. And I pray that they have all the courage in the world to withstand that. It's going to be hard for them too. And again, we're only projecting right now because we don't even know. We don't exactly know. Okay. But I think it's great that Justice Roberts here is not going to be the swing vote that they didn't peel someone else off. But I hope that this is a full-throated repudiation and they take Kay uh, or uh, Roe v. Wade and Casey off the books entirely, which from some of the things I'm reading about uh, from this decision from Alito, from his opinion, is that's exactly what they're doing. And, and again, I, I always thought I was very, very pessimistic about this. I thought that they would, you know, restrict some rights here or there, that type of thing, but not a full repudiation of Roe, which is exactly what it looks like we're going to be getting. Now, also, I want to say this. I just saw today where Amazon 
was one of the many companies that have just come out to say, if you are an employee of that company and you travel outside the state to go kill your baby, that they will reimburse you for that. They'll reimburse you for your mileage and for your meals or something like that. They'll, they'll, they'll treat it like a work trip or something like that. So if something like this goes down, we're going to see that to an extreme degree. And we're going to find out the companies, right? Because remember me telling you about certain companies that I don't shop at because they give a lot of money to Planned Parenthood and different things like that, like Starbucks and all these different things. We're going to see that to an extreme degree. So get ready, guys. Get your pen and get your pad out and get ready to write down all of the companies that are okay with killing babies. And I swear to goodness, do not spend another dime with those companies. Do what you got to do. Go shop at the mom and pop stores, pay double somewhere else. You jot it down and you make sure that you know that, that they're doing this. Okay. Cause literally think about that. You're a woman and you are like, well, you know, I live in Oklahoma and you know, I can't, I live close to the Texas border, but I can't get an abortion here or there. I guess I'll, you know, drive to Illinois and get one or I'll fly to California, take a little vacation, kill my baby and then go uh, back and, uh, you know, drink some mojitos or something like that. That's what these people want to fund. They want to fund that. So when you buy something from that company, from that random company, if you bank with one of these companies, if you go to one of these companies for entertainment, I want you to remember that because just like you, you don't want your tax dollars going to Planned Parenthood. If you're funding these companies, that's essentially what you're funding. You're funding them, allowing and paying for their employees to comfortably kill their children. So pay attention. Think about it. And I guess the last thought that I'm thinking through here, and another one may come to mind. I'm going back to 2020, or sorry, 2016 rather. And I was trying to make the decision whether or not to vote for Donald Trump or leave my ballot blank, the top of my ballot blank. And what I ultimately did, and I've talked about on this show a lot, I ultimately left the top of my ballot blank because clearly Hillary Clinton was not fit for office. She's evil. But I didn't think that Donald Trump had the basic human qualities to be a good leader that deserved my vote. And I remember my uncle telling me, he goes, Kyle, I don't like Trump either. I don't want to vote for a guy like that, but the Supreme Court is too important. My uncle, Dan, he said the Supreme Court is too important. Like Trump's going to at least get, you know, one pick. And in four years, he got three people on the highest court, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and ACB. He was absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Everything that Trump did and said that I didn't like, all of it was worth it. If the Democrats did actually, you know, fix the 2020 election to get Joe Biden in office and somehow he got 81 million votes and they, they changed a bunch of votes and did all those things. Okay, fine. Those three justices appointed by Donald Trump, this imperfect man, this sinful man, this man that you couldn't believe evangelicals would support, has now paved the way for potentially hundreds of thousands of children per year not being murdered. I mean, I mean, what else can you say at this point? That's Donald Trump's legacy. Not the things he said on Twitter, not the 2020 election, not January 6th, none of these crazy things, nothing that you want to attach to that man being a billionaire, losing money, you know, the P tape, like whatever the situation is, everything comes down to that. Because hundreds of years from now, if we're all, st if, you know, we as a people are still here, we're going to look back on times in history and think, how could people have been so barbaric? And we will look at the United States between 1970 and the 2020s and been like, how could they have allowed such depravity? Why did it take some random guy named Donald Trump that everyone seemed to hate? Why'd they hate him so much? Because he did this amazing thing. That's what the history books are going to write about Donald Trump.
So guys, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. I'm going to get this to you as quickly as possible. I'm just going to edit this up and get it right out to you. We're not going to do a normal uh, outro or quick resilience boost or anything like that. I just got the the article there in the show notes for you. So hopefully I don't have to eat crow on any of this, but if I do, guys, give me a little bit of grace. Like I said, I basically put, you know, four or five minutes worth of prep into this before I brought it to you guys. But uh, the, the one parting thing, again, pray for these justices. Pray for Alito and Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, and Roberts. And if one of them falls off, just, just pray that they stick with us, that, they're, that they can remain steadfast, and that their families remain safe. That is the main thing. All right, guys, I'll see you next time.